0: Apple's on Android, downloads are going into summer mode, casino games are printing money, and more. I'm Ariel from AppFigures, and this is a brand new episode of This Week in Apps, your weekly roundup of insights about mobile apps and games with data you won't find anywhere else. Let's get started. Apple Music Classical, a mouthful I know, went live on Google Play in late May, two months after the App Store launch. The iOS release was fairly successful with 1.4 million new downloads in its first week on the App Store, according to our estimates. The Android release was um, smaller. Our app intelligence shows that in its first week on Google Play, Apple Music Classical was downloaded 13,000 times in the US and globally. See, small. This is a big difference, but I'm not at all surprised. Everything Apple on the App Store gets attention and sparks curiosity. Even people who don't care much for classical music probably download the app from the App Store as it hit the number one position for a little bit. That's rarely the case for Apple on Google Play for obvious reasons. Classical music in general is not a very popular niche on either the App Store or Google Play. There aren't many competitors and those competitors are seeing very few downloads. Looking at the latest trend, Apple did manage to make some noise over the last few weeks, which drove Android downloads to meet and beat iOS for a few days, four days to be precise. One important thing to note here is geography. On the App Store, Apple Music Classical's biggest market is the US. It was responsible for 42% of downloads so far in June, and that doesn't include the actual launch. On Google Play, the US is third with a 14.7% share. Brazil and India with 16% and 14.8% respectively are Apple Music Classical's top markets on Android. And this isn't unique to Apple. The US is rarely the leader among downloads on Google Play and rarely with as much of a share. It's important to keep that in mind if you're a developer publishing on Google Play. Don't just focus on the US, localize, think about other markets. Switching gears to games. Casino games are a big deal on the App Store. People love to bet, and casino games make the entire experience very easy. That's why 10 of the top 50 grossing games in the U.S. App Store are casino games. That's kind of wild. During lockdowns, casino games soared both in downloads and revenue, but as real casinos reopened, downloads dropped. Revenue didn't. Well, I mean, for some. To get a better idea of the landscape, I rounded up the top 5 highest earning casino games in the U.S. App Store, which include... Lightning Link Casino Slots, Jackpot Party Casino Slots, Double Down TM Casino Vegas Slots, Cashman Casino Las Vegas Slots, and Big Fish Casino Slot Games. The ASO guy in me can't help but point out that all optimize for the most competitive keywords, but they aren't the top results for any of them. If you follow my keyword teardowns, you'll know why as soon as you search for any of these keywords in Keyword Inspector. For those who don't, it's all about ratings and the highest earners aren't getting the most or not really all that optimized, which is such a missed opportunity. But back to the numbers. Collectively, the group's worldwide revenue from the App Store rose 32% between January of 2022 and May of 2023. In more absolute terms, net revenue went from $17.9 million to $23.6 million in about a year and a half, according to our App Intelligence. And that's all net, so what the publishers get to keep after Apple takes its share. When we look at each individually, the trend is very similar. Every single game saw revenue grow. Not all of them saw the same growth, but they all grew. Jackpot Party's App Store revenue grew the most, 50% according to our estimates, and Cashman Casino, the least at 8%. The remaining three saw revenue growth figures closer to Jackpot Party, indicating demand for the entire category is on the rise. Can you guess how many games have casino in their name right now? 1,355 on the App Store and 2,703 on Google Play, according to Explore. That's a lot of casinos. Before we continue to look at another area of the store that's seeing revenue growth, please take a second to give the episode a like. It helps me know you like the content and also gets it in front of more viewers. I want that, so thanks. Okay, back to the insights. We're talking money. The newspaper business has been in financial trouble for a long time now thanks to the internet and social media. On mobile, this trend seems to have switched direction over the last few years, as app store revenue for the top newspapers rose 370% since 2020. I track revenue for the highest earning newspaper apps in the US App Store, which include the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, going all the way back to 2020 to see how it changed over time. In Q1 of 2020, just as COVID hit, The three brought in $4.4 million of net revenue from the App Store according to our estimates. Net means after Apple took its share. Looking at the entire year, revenue was growing, but not too fast. The three ended 2020 with $5.4 million of net revenue from the App Store in Q4. By the end of 2021, however, revenue started growing faster. The three saw an increase in quarterly revenue of 78% and ended 2021 with $9.6 million of net revenue in Q4 according to our estimates, but it got better. Revenue continued to grow and peaked in Q3 of 2022 with $21.2 million of net revenue from the App Store, an increase of 281% from Q1 of 2020. Revenue didn't stay that high for too long and dropped to $16.3 million by Q4, still significantly higher than any other quarter. Q1 of 2023 saw a decent increase up about 16% from December, so we're looking pretty good. Now, here's the thing. In the same period, quarterly downloads dropped 40%. 40% less. This trend is now fairly common in the app store. Fewer downloads, but more revenue. Why? Because more apps are now investing into optimizing the conversion rate from a download to a paying user. That's super important. Super duper important. Are you doing that? Now, money aside, let's talk about something warm. Downloads change drastically during the summer. Kids are on vacation, which means more games see more downloads. And more adults are also on vacation, which means more traveling and more business downloads. (laughs) If you think that last one is counterintuitive, keep listening and you'll see why I say that. The easiest way to see this shift into summer is using the Mobile Download Index, a free resource for developers that tracks the change in download volume for the top apps across countries and categories. I looked at the index for the US now versus 30 days ago and here are the top categories by how much downloads grew the first is the kids from six to eight category followed by family games travel entertainment and education racing games a summer favorite continue the list followed by navigation business food and drink and the 9 to 11 kids category another kids category each of these categories are up double digits according to the index four categories are about apps and games for kids with kids out of school Mobile devices are how parents are keeping their kids entertained. Makes sense. Education also makes sense as school is not in session and those who want to continue learning need, (laughs) you guessed it, apps. Adults also have more free time, which they're using to travel and eat. Also makes sense. Business at last may seem like a mistake, but it isn't. This rise is common as adults who are traveling but still need to work, abandon their laptops and desktops in favor of lighter versions of the apps they need, to get stuff done right from their phones, Uh aha. Microsoft's and Google's productivity apps see a summer bump every summer for that reason. What does this mean for developers and publishers? If your app or game falls into any of these categories or similar categories, now's the time to put more effort into promotion, be it organic with app store optimization or paid with Apple search ads, now the time to increase it. I have a few videos to help you with that, which I will link to in the description below. And by the way, the Mobile Market Index is available for free to all developers tracking their apps with app figures. I'll drop a link to it as well in the description so you can check it out for yourself. And last for this week, it's been a month since HBO Max joined forces with Discovery Plus and rebranded as Max, simple. The rebranding wasn't a simple name change for the app though as what most expected. Instead, Max was released as a new app and HBO Max was removed from the US App Store and from Google Play in the US. If you're thinking, what about all those paying subscribers? Well, that's exactly what I've been looking forward to finding out. Now that we have enough days of data, we can compare Max's revenue to HBO Max's revenue before the switch. My guess was that it'd drop, as some would see this as an opportunity to cancel their subscriptions. Let's see what happened. A little context to get started. According to our app intelligence, HBO Max saw $56.2 million of net revenue from the App Store in the US in the 30 days prior to Max's launch and its removal. That includes one day of overlap where both apps were available. On to Max. During the first 30 days of Max's life on the App Store, Max brought in $49.6 million of net revenue, according to our estimates. And this period also includes that same day where both apps were available at the same time, so we're comparing apples to apples here. I see two interesting things here. The first is simple, revenue stayed pretty much the same throughout this, so while some likely saw this as an opportunity to cancel, most did it. Now. A 12% drop in revenue is probably making some higher-ups of Warner Bros. Discovery really unhappy, but considering they chose a new app over a rename, this could have been worse in my opinion. The second might not be as obvious, but it is very, very related. A big part of this rebrand was to bring together content from the Discovery channel and HBO together to attract more downloads and more paying subscribers. A month in, the trend isn't as up and to the right as I had expected. Content is still king, so more content is more better, but it looks like it won't be an overnight success, but rather a long slog, something like what Peacock and Paramount Plus are seeing, but they're growing, so I see good future for HBO Max, or Max, as it is now. And that's all I have for you this week. If you've learned something new, please give the episode a like and share it with your friends. That really helps my channel grow. Thanks, I'll see you next week.